I'm happy the fact that I'm here today. I'm happy that you are here today. I'm happy that you guys are joining us on, uh, through online. This is the 
Because of fear, they could not enter the land. As a result, God said, no one 20 years or above will enter the land. Okay, only those 19 and below and those born in the wilderness are going to enter the promised land. Okay, so when we look at what's happening the past 40 years, this is a generation that's grown up in the wilderness. That's been their whole life experience. A lot of them don't know anything else. They were actually born in the wilderness during the past 40 years. They were born there. They don't know any other life. This has been their life for the past 40 years, waiting, wandering, wondering. That's been their experience during this whole time. And they hear their parents saying about, God, God really wants to give you the promised land. You're the next generation. They hear all of these different words, but nothing's happening. Right? They have all this hope and desire and then all these things that have been spoken about them and to them, but nothing's happening. Every day is the same. Every day is the same thing. Every once in a while, you get to pack up your tent and maybe move to another spot where you do the same thing again. And I thought, this is what we're going through, isn't it? This is what I happen when I talk to people like, oh, how's it going? The same. <laughs> Every day is the same. There's nothing changing, right? And I think we can relate in a small sense to what these experienced for 40 years. And you can see why the Lord in this passage says, do not be discouraged. Do not be discouraged. Because I feel like they were discouraged for a long, long period of waiting and doing nothing hearing and trying to hope, but seeing nothing happen. And I think this is a word for us too, is the Lord saying, do not be discouraged. A couple of weeks ago, I got to um, talk with my cousin Linda and Andy, and uh, just kind of reconnecting with them a little bit and talking to them a little bit about the EM. And uh, it was interesting when we're, I was talking to, to Linda, she was mentioning to me about how her experience has been and uh, kind of feeling burnt out after a while. And, but then she said in 2021, she's felt like God has given her a second wind, right? And when she said that, something really resonated with me about what she said. And then that stuck with me, this idea of getting a second wind. And uh, I don't know if you've heard what that term word, that word means second wind, but uh, I actually looked it up, and so this is one of the definitions I found for a second win, okay? Second win is a phenomenon in distance running, such as marathons or road running, whereby an athlete who is out of breath and too tired to continue suddenly finds the strength to press on, and this is the part that really struck me, at top performance with less exertion. Okay, so this is a, a real thing. Okay, this is a real phenomenon that happens. I've never experienced this, but other people, athletes, long-distance runners, they, they really have a common sense where they really shared how they really experienced a second wind, where they were completely exhausted. They were so tired, ready to quit, then suddenly they get a second wind. And when I looked at the definition of what the second wind really encompassed, really, when we see it, it's at not just to persevere and somehow crawl across the finish line. That's not what the second wind is. The second wind is actually where they're performing at peak top performance with less exertion. 
This second wind is something that they experience. And I feel like this is what God wants us to experience. In 2021, I feel like we need to get our second wind. That we've been running this race and we've been trying to endure all of the hardships, all the difficulties, all the things that have been happening, all the choices that we have to make, all the choices that have been taken away from us. And we feel like we're just trying to survive and we're trying to endure. But God wants to bring a second wind where we regain our spirit and we regain life that we feel like we can go back to when we're thriving and we want to go at top performance with less exertion. I feel like this is what the Lord wants us to bring, and he wants us to keep striving towards this to experience our second win. So the question is, how do we do that? How do we experience our second win? Well, I feel like this is what the Lord was kind of leading the Israelites to, so let's look back at Joshua 1.9. Okay, so if we look at Joshua 1.9, there's two parts. There's a positive part, and then there's a negative part. Okay, the positive part is, be strong and courageous. Okay, the negative part is, and do not be afraid, and do not be discouraged. Okay, so there's a positive aspect to this verse of being strong and courageous, and there's a negative aspect where he does not want us to experience, which is fear and discouragement. Okay, so let's take a look at both of those. Let's start with the positive part, being strong and courageous. Okay, it's interesting. The beginning says, have I not commanded you? This is actually a command. This is not optional. This is not something, if you feel like it, then you could be strong and courageous. No, this is a command. I command you to be strong and courageous. That this is the Lord's desire for us, and he speaks it very strongly for us to be strong and courageous. But the part I want us to focus in on is where our strength and our courage comes from. Look at the verse again. It says, be strong and courageous, do not be afraid, do not be discouraged. And then he gives the reason. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Where does our strength and courage come from? It doesn't come from ourselves. It doesn't come from our own determination. It doesn't come from us pulling up our bootstraps and saying, let's go, let's try to do this. It comes from the Lord and his presence. This is the result. This is what he's asking us to do and to be. It's to be strong and courageous, the kind of courage that comes from when the Lord is present with you. When the Lord is present with you, it makes all the difference in the world. I remember when uh, my wife and I first got married, so first, we've only been married once, but when we got married back in 1997, so we're going on our 24th year of being married, but when we were newlyweds, I was actually not a pastor, I was an economics instructor at community college. So, okay, that's my background. So I was just getting started, I finished my master's degree, and then I was in several different community colleges trying to get my foot in the door, so I was at, uh, Irvine Valley College and Cerritos College and El Camino College. I was at three different colleges trying to get my foot in the door of getting a full-time position. So I went to these various different places, and if you've ever taught before, you get evaluated, okay? So the dean would come, the dean of the department would come evaluate me, the students would evaluate you, and so I had a couple semesters of this, and I would have these sit-down meetings with the dean, and I remember one of the deans uh, coming up to me and asking me how many years of teaching experience I've had. And I said, I've only been doing this for about a year. And he said, wow, you have the poise and the presence and the expertise of someone who's been teaching for 15 years. I can't believe you, but only been teaching for a year. 
So then my head was getting really big and, you know, wobbling, you know, but I was listening to what they're saying and then I was getting all the evaluations from the students and I'd have the highest marks in the whole department at all three schools. I'd have the highest, highest marks from all the different students. And so very early on, I was, I was experiencing a lot of success. I was sitting one day, this was after we got married, just for a few months, we've been only married, and I was sitting with the Lord in the morning, and then he asked me this question. And when he asked me, I didn't want to answer, because I was scared of why he was asking. So he asked me, so you've been experiencing a lot of like fruit from teaching, and a lot of the, the joy and all the things that come out from that, he asked me, is this enough for you? is this enough for you for, for you to do this for the rest of your life? And that really struck me. I was like, I couldn't answer that. And I didn't want to answer that. I just got married, you know? I am just a newlywed right now, and the Lord is asking me this kind of question. And so basically, I felt like Jonah. He was, he was talking to me here, and I just turned my back. And I was, going, I was looking at this way. But every morning I would spend time with the Lord, he kept on asking me this question. And eventually I had to be able to be open to what the Lord was saying. And so after, it must have been a couple weeks of this, every day I finally felt like, I think I need to be open to this. I think he's calling me to go into the ministry. And so I, I knew that I had to tell my wife, Susan, and so I was really afraid. I was really afraid. So, you know, I was a teacher, uh, my wife was a teacher, and so we felt like, okay, this is gonna be great. We're gonna get married, and we're gonna spend all our summers together traveling, and, you know, have all this time together. And I felt like we just got married a few months ago, and now I'm gonna tell her, I feel like God's calling me not to be a teacher anymore, but to be a pastor. And so I put it off for a really long time. I came like, when? When can I find the right time to tell her? And I was so afraid. So it must have been more than a month. Like every day I was like, no, not today, not today. Every month I was like kind of struggling and straining. Like how am I going to tell my new wife that I'm going to be changing, you know? Uh, and so finally I mustered up the courage. And then I sat down with her and I said, okay, you need to sit down. I have something to tell you. She's like, what? what's going on, right? And then so I said, I basically told her what I just told you that I felt like God leading me to do this. And then she told me, oh, I knew you were going to say that. I'm like, what? What are you talking about? I knew I was going to say that. I didn't tell anybody this, no one. And then she went on to tell me that while we were engaged, God gave her a dream. And in the dream, I was up here preaching a sermon as she was sitting in the front row. And then God already told her that I'm going to be doing this. And I said, why didn't you tell me that before? I've been agonizing for weeks and weeks and weeks. I don't tell you. But she was so wise. She said, I knew this had to be your decision. This was such a big decision. I knew it had to be your decision. And I didn't want to influence you. And so I started seminary. And I led me to where I am today. And when I look back at that, it took courage. I had just finished my master's degree. I had spent all this money and time, and I spent all that time trying to get my foot in the door at all these different schools, and I had all this training and teaching, and then all of a sudden, one year into it, I'm going to throw it and put it all away and to totally change my path? That took courage. Where did that courage come from? It came from the Lord's presence. It came because I knew the Lord 
was with me, and I knew he was speaking to me. When the Lord is with you and he speaks to you, it brings courage. It brings courage in the light of things that don't even make sense. Like, it doesn't even make sense that I would do that. Why would I, as a newlywed husband, you know, having all the success in teaching and all of these things that I've been working for, all of a sudden change? That doesn't make any sense, humanly speaking. But that's where the Lord comes in. When we look at Joshua 1.9, when he gives the command to be strong and courageous, he's not saying that you need to muster this up. It's not going to come from your own self-determination. It's going to come from when the Lord is present with you. That's why I believe if we're going to follow Joshua 1.9 to be strong and courageous, we need to be seeking after his presence. We need to be seeking after his face. We need to be seeking after him on a daily basis, and more so today, more than we ever have to seek his presence. And what I mean by that is not just reading the Bible, but seeking his presence. A lot of times we seek him for different reasons. We seek him for his provision, and that's not wrong. That's good. But I feel like it's so important right now we seek him for him, that we make his presence more important than his provision, that we would seek his face, not just his hand, that we would seek his presence more than his provision. We need to make his presence what we long for and hunger for. That's where we need to sit and bathe. This is what's going to produce strength and courage. It's not going to come from us. It's not going to come from us figuring it out. It's not going to come from logic. It's not going to come from your own determination or self-will. It's not going to come from that place. That's not what he's talking about in Joshua 1.9. He's talking about a courage and a strength that comes from God being present with you. And when he is present with you, you can do anything. You can do anything that the Lord calls you to do. But the first step is we need to be in his presence. That's why I love worship. You know, I love worship because we don't bring those kind of different thoughts and agenda. We could just come and to enter into his presence and to worship him and engage him and to connect our hearts with him. That's why I love worship. And prayer and, and reading the Bible, other thoughts can kind of come in. Prayer, you just can be a complaining session or talk about God about all the things. And I say, there's nothing wrong with that. But if that's our focus and that's our primary agenda or asking him what we need and to help us to do all of these things, that's not bad. But what's the primary objective? Where is our focus? Even when it's reading the Bible, is our primary focus to check a box off that we did it today? Or is it enter into God's presence? We need the Lord's presence. Desperately, I desperately need the Lord's presence every day, every day. When we look at about trying to get our second win, I think starts by having God's presence that brings strength and courage. That's a positive aspect of one nine, Joshua one nine. I wanted to look at the second half, which is the negative aspect. This is the part he wants us to avoid when he says, be strong and courageous, but do not be afraid and do not be discouraged. And again, this comes from God's presence. God's presence is what brings and dis dissipates fear. It's his perfect love that casts out fear in 1 John. It's those are the things that we really need. But I think there is something that we do. And I think that what we need to do is you have to draw a line in the sand. And I believe that that time is coming 
if it hasn't already come for you, you need to draw a line in the sand and say, no more. In 2018, um, it was, I was getting ready, I was getting almost uh, to turning 49. Okay, so I was almost 49, 2018. I could see you doing your calculations already. Like, how old is he, right? So I'm not 61, okay? I'm only 51. But in 2018, I was about to turn 49, and then I was just spending my time with the Lord and, and reading through the Bible. And I came across this verse in Numbers chapter 8. Okay, let's take a look at it. Numbers chapter 8. I was reading this, and it says, The Lord said to Moses, This applies to the Levites. Men 25 years old or more shall come to take part at the work in the tent of meeting. But at the age of 50, they must retire from their regular service and work no longer. Okay, so the Levites refer to the priests or the pastors of the Old Testament. And I thought, if I was living in the Old Testament, I'd be retired next year. You know, at 50, it says they must retire. And I don't know, it's kind of funny, but when I read that, something really struck me. And I said, I don't know how much time I have. I don't know, nobody knows the number of their days. You know, nobody knows the number of my days. But something kind of res rose up in my spirit and I said, I need to make the most of every single day for the Lord. I don't want to let any day pass that does not progress and move towards the Lord and his kingdom. I don't want one more day to pass that it does not have meaning for the Lord. I don't want to waste one more day. And I felt like he was saying, one of the biggest reasons why I've let so many days pass by is because of fear. I've allowed fear to sit in my life. And he says, he told me, you need to draw a line and to say no more. You've accommodated it into your life for too long. We let it sit and, and camp inside of our hearts and our minds for too long. And he said, no more. Okay, so the Lord was gracious. He started this, this path or this journey for me to start addressing fear. So it started with really small things. Okay, so one of the things, and I wouldn't even call it fear. It was just more like I was hesitant to do it. So there was like, you probably have this too, like, in your inbox, there's these emails that are sitting there you're supposed to respond to, and they've been sitting there for a weeks, right? You know you have to do it, but they're... So I remember one of these emails, I'm supposed to fill out this form, okay? I'm supposed to fill out... I don't even remember what it was for, but I'm supposed to fill out this form, and I didn't know how to do it, okay? I didn't have the information. I didn't know where to get the information. I didn't know how to do it, so I just let it sit in my box. It was sitting there for weeks, and the Lord said, answer that email right now. Fill out that form right now, and so... I, I opened it up, and I filled it out. And this always happens, right? After I finished, what did I say? That wasn't that bad. And you know what happens when you, when you have that realization, that wasn't that bad, is you realize something that happens when we accommodate fear and we allow it to sit. It gets bigger than it really is. There's this term called, it's a Chinese term, it's called paper tiger. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. It's called paper tiger. And uh, I actually heard it in a movie a really, really long time ago. I thought it was from that movie, but I looked up recently, like, well, that's, that's actually a real thing. So it's a Chinese term. Basically, it's exactly what it says. It's a piece of paper with a tiger's face on it, but the tiger's supposed to look really fierce and really intimidating, right? But really, when you look at it, it has no substance. And that's what the Lord was telling me by a lot of the fears that I was accommodating in my life that I let sit. 
and I let sit, and it planted roots, and it became so much bigger than it actually was that I had these paper tigers. They looked super scary to me, but it was just a piece of paper. It had no substance. And this is what the Lord was telling me. The longer we let fear sit unaddressed, the longer we let fear and accommodate it and work our way around it to not deal with it, to not let the Lord take that away, the bigger it gets, the more scary this paper tiger looks. When really it has no substance, it feels like it has a lot of substance. All those things that the Lord asked me to do really felt heavy to me in a real way. But why did it feel like that when it really doesn't have substance? It was my own choice. I let it linger. So the Lord started having me do this day after day, week after week, and he started increasing more and more the things he was asking me to do. And I remember him start asking me to call up this person, contact this person, do this one. And then I remember those first times he was doing that, I'm like, I don't want to do that one, Lord. Where the other one's like, yeah, I'm going to do that. I'm going to answer that email. I'm going to do those little small ones. But then he started to slowly increase what? My faith. My faith. And when I started addressing fear, instead of operating from fear, operated from faith, something happened. Something changed inside of me. About a year later in 2019, I was on a prayer walk with the Lord, and the Lord was speaking to me. And so I was just talking with the Lord and uh, engaging. And then he said, Sam, I want you to make an impact. And I was like, yes, Lord, I want to make an impact. And he said, I want you to impact hundreds of thousands of people. And can I be honest, if the Lord told me that before in the past, that would be my desire. Everybody wants to do that. But to be honest, if I were to heard that before, I would have said, no way. Like, that's not going to happen. I'm not going to be able to do I don't know how to do that. But something changed that day. When I heard that from the Lord, it wasn't like, oh, yeah, I can do that. But it was, I'm open, Lord. Tell me more. I started asking the Lord questions. And I said, how are you going to do that? So that was a big change. How are you going to do that? And he said, you're going to do that by ministering to pastors. And when you minister to pastors, those people are going to minister to their hundreds of people. And eventually, you're going to start impacting hundreds of thousands of people. And I thought, I could see how that could happen. And so the Lord started me on this journey about another change that I recently experienced that I've joined this organization called Standing Stone that ministers to pastors. That's how I got connected to this church, right? I got connected, obviously, through my cousin, but then I got connected with Pastor Ken and then just seeing his heart and wanting to serve him and wanting to come alongside him and to minister to him and to care for him. That's how I initially got connected with, with uh, the EM here. But once I did... God started speaking to me more. Once I took a step of faith to try to do that and to minister to Pastor Ken, he started showing me, I think there's more for you here. I think there's more that I have in store for you and what's going to go on in this place and with these people and in the recent months, coming months. And I look back and I was like, wow, how did I get here? You know, because this was not my plan in 2018 when the Lord started me on this journey. There was so many steps but they were all very small steps. It wasn't from 2018 to today where I stand with you. It wasn't like that. It was take a step today. 
What are you hesitant to do? God gives you grace. He'll start with the small things. Be faithful in the little, then you be faithful in the much. Start with the little things. What's something you can do to break fear today? Ask the Lord this question. What can you do to step out? What can you do to, to enter in? What can you do to start breaking these things, to not let it accommodate and sit roots in you? Uproot those things. They don't belong in your life. They don't belong in our life. They don't belong in our mind, in our heart, in our spirit. They do not belong. It's time to uproot these things, because if we don't, we won't experience our second wind, because these things will choke it out. If we wanted to experience a second wind, we need to enter into his presence we need to draw a line in the sand and say, no more. Fear and discouragement have taken too much already. No more. And so I pray that you would come and to join me in making the rest of 2021 getting our second win so that we would not just thrive, we not just survive, but we would thrive. This is the Lord's desire for us and for his church is for us to do that. Why don't we pray together? So Father, we thank you we thank you that you are the source of all of these things. When you command to be strong and courageous, you're the one that provides the courage. We don't have to supply it. You're the one that provides everything that we need. So I pray that you would keep stirring our hunger and our desire for more of you in your presence. And I pray that that would give us strength and courage to face anything we're fearful of, no matter what we're facing, you give us the courage, you give us the words, you give us your presence, and help us to respond. Help us to have in our own heart and our own will a line in the sand to say, no more, I don't want the enemy to take any more. I'm going to step forward with the Lord in 2021. So thank you, Lord. Thank you. We pray all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen.